This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zondra Robinson-Burns, founder of Heroin Training, where we learn to be the protagonists of our lives through my essays and podcasts like this one. Today's episode is on the art of dress up. And to join me in that conversation, I am pleased to introduce my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is very exciting right now. There's been a lot of like rapid fire momentum, which has happened, I feel like, in part because I was out of town for so long. Uh-huh. I hear people joke all the time, like, hey, want to get more auditions? Go out of town. Um, and that is exactly <laughs> what happened. Um, I left to see you and see, like, family and go on a retreat. And, of course, like, I just had a ton of callbacks and auditions all come in while I was away. But some really beautiful things happened there where people were accommodating to, like, have me come in at another time or I was able to, like, send a tape in or do a Skype callback. Um, things that are, like, just, like, more generous than what is expected, honestly. Mm. Um, there's been a few circumstances where I've, like, been unavailable and I feel like people have been so accommodating. Um, I'm even, like, I'm I'm getting new headshots uh, in a couple days, which I'm really excited about in part because it's, like, perfect timing since we're talking about the art of dress-up and acting headshots are all about, you know, defining your, your characters um, and, and dressing them, too. So even with that, like, there's this photographer who I've really admired for a while. I really like his work. And, um, and I reached out to him and it felt like, for me, it felt like such a big ask, but I said, he, he knows my, my talent manager as well. Um, and I said to him, how would you feel about trading time, like headshots for modeling portfolio work? So basically he'll, he'll snap my new acting headshots and, and as a trade, I will do, I'll model for him, which is something I usually charge for. And, um. That felt like that's the first time I've ever asked someone for that specifically, who who's like a professional headshot photographer. And he was so down and he, he was so lovely about it. And we had a great talk. And and I just feel like things are really exciting because there's so much momentum right now. But the part that's really affecting me is like these moments of um, accommodation or kindness like it's not just like this manic pace of like oh I gotta get to to do this and that and this I feel like I'm able to carry all of the work that I have right now and all of the last minute things that have been coming up because the people in my life or even these people in these offices have been really kind and easy to work with and generous um even today I out of nowhere, I got contacted by this photographer, this woman who I like really admire. I have such a like Instagram crush on her and I've sent her DMs before uh, saying like, if you ever need a model, I would love to shoot with you. I just, she's really cool. And her, you know, her work always has like multiple women, often like multiple women in her photos. And it's just really interesting and unique and I had never heard back from her. Like, I I didn't, you know, I would send her messages and be like, oh, I'd love to work with you. You know, never heard back, which is fine. Um, You know, I, I, I sometimes take a leap and it's like you don't hear anything back. 
Um, and then today, out of nowhere, today was my first day off, like my first do nothing day, and I don't know how long. And out of nowhere, I get a message from her saying, "Let's shoot." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" When and she said, "Today at two p.m." And oh it was gosh. an hour. It was an hour that I had to oh get gosh. everything together, pack, get ready, and meet her. And I was so scared. I realized like how much I just like you know I, I have so used to my my planner and mm-hmm. like having control and like having time to prepare all of my looks and um and just I don't know emotionally prepare to work with someone that I really admire. And I was like, no, fuck it. Like I have the day open. I'm going to do this thing even though I'm scrambling to put everything together, even though I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to coordinate this and that. And, and part of the, part of my fear was around, um, it just, just like literally navigating because the shoot was like far away and there was like multiple different locations. And I, so I said, I said, I don't have a car, so I would love to work with you, but like, I have to hitch a ride with someone. And then, she, and then it turned out that like she and a, another model and like we all carpooled together, Aww. and we you, like were using different people's houses, and it was like a ton of new people in one day. I met like twenty people, and I was just like really impressed by how people just like lend each other their houses to shoot in and clothes to wear. Like we were all like sharing wardrobe. And all of the other models were just, like, helping each other out. And it was a great day. It was tons of fun. And I, I love this woman, Rosie. I, I loved her even more in person. And I realized that, like, the reason she doesn't – she didn't respond to my messages before, by the way, was because she's, she's from England. And she's only ever here for, like, maximum three months mm. because that's as long as her visa will go. Oh. So, like, in my head, she lived here and – like was here all the time and in reality she's like here for like tiny little pockets of time so that was also super interesting to discover anyway my art life is exciting and there's so much going on right now and you know i'm just i'm just scratching the surface and um but i just wanted to really talk about like yes there's a lot happening and that's super cool but more than anything i'm like people have been so helpful and accommodating and like generous with me and i'm just like that i don't know it's it's i'm really grateful for it and it's um it's more than i would ever expect that piece i am so that is heartwarming to hear it and is think, especially in hollywood man yeah and i only have my perceptions through your stories and through La La Land and reading Eve Babbitts and so Who i'm i am obsessed with <laughs> Aren't we both? She tells these um, beautifully written everyday life stories about living in Hollywood and being a woman and an artist in Hollywood. And she's our new obsession. And by the way, I just want to say I thought about her today because, uh-huh. she, you know, I got this request to come shoot with a woman photographer, which she was. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't have all my stuff together. Oh, like transportation is going to be difficult and expensive to navigate. Like I had all of these excuses in my head. Mm. And I thought about how I had just read her book, LA Woman, which I loved. Um, And how, you know, you just show up. You show up and you just make Mm -hmm. the art 
and you don't like even you know you don't need to have money to get around things just kind of work out <laughs> like or you ask for help and like people get it um or you borrow you know if you need to wear a certain thing you borrow it from the other girl like i don't know it, she she inspires me so much and um i thought about her today when i had my moment of like no i don't have everything perfectly ready and i was like eve babbitt's never had anything perfectly ready <laughs> she's just fearless um and that is what got me out the door well i'm glad that she's come up because what i'm most curious about with this story of accommodation and kindness is is why or what what changed and if eve babbitts could feel this way in 1970s la then it's it's not like all of a sudden everyone is fine is has uh there's this cultural shift and it's just different. So I'm wondering what shifted for you or what um, what has invited this into your art life? Well, I think in part, I have just been doing a lot of my own self-development work and realizing the tremendous pressure that I put on myself to do everything perfectly and to do everything alone. Mm-hmm. And I've had mentors challenge me on that recently, especially challenge me on this, on like this um, story that I have about like having to do everything alone. Like I have such an ego driven narrative in my head about, you know, getting through every hurdle and just powering through whatever like high, high and epic lows come up. I have this story about having to do it all myself because like that's that's what the world is like and that's what it's like in Hollywood and that's what, whatever. Mm. It, the, the the reality is it's not. No one gets through life alone. Um and if if I were speaking to a friend of mine, I would be like, you don't get through anything alone. You ask for help. You mm. communicate with your friends, you communicate with even your coworkers. You 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 are authentic and and you know, real long-lasting strength and resilience comes from asking for what you need and being willing to be vulnerable. So I've just realized recently how much pressure I put on myself to have everything in line and all myself. And I've just been gifted with so many beautiful circumstances where people are like more than willing to like help you out so many circumstances lately there's so much more that i could get into and i just i just feel like maybe it's just the maybe it's just the fact that i faced wow i have this belief that it's i have to do everything myself and i don't want to believe that anymore because it's not true and just that you know just the awareness of this mindset that i had has suddenly brought like so many circumstances in my into my life where i am disproving that this is so beautiful, and I think it it is really woven together with being an artist. Everything that you're saying is um, is reminding me of the the hopefulness that comes with making art, as well as this communal understanding of how hard it is. Like it's all something that we share is is how hard it is, and this understanding that we all need help and therefore an understanding that will help each other when we're open to it. And it's so funny that I have this story about being like, you know, the 
tortured, hardworking artist, when it's like an, any artist I admire and any any fictional character I think about in my own in my own like hero's journey. Well, I have to be like this character, you know. I mean, you're you you run a company called Heroin Training, so you understand what I'm saying. Like, I I look to these um, these women in fiction, maybe who like had these epic journeys, um, and they all had help. Mm. They all had friends or, or family or lovers or whatever it is. They all had people. And that's what got them over the line. And I just feel like I've had the opportunity to ask for that from my life. And I have been given it recently. Yay. Yay. Zandra, how is your art life? My art life is getting back to normal, which I love. I have recently returned from my travels. We've both recently returned from travels. Um, I always find it really hard to adjust back to the time zone, traveling from Boston back to the UK overnight. Um, I'm not great at that. And so my sleep schedule is readjusting. And I yesterday finally had a solid chunk of time to do what I normally do on a daily basis, which is go out for some coffee and write for several hours. And I was, I could understand why Stephen King says that he writes every day, no exceptions, because I could just feel this release of, oh, of, of like having all of these ideas backed up in my brain and in in my entire body, it felt like, and it just, they needed to go somewhere. And because this trip, I did a really good job of prioritizing my morning pages. That's been ingrained in me enough to know that when I'm traveling, I might need to wake up early and journal in bed before everyone else is awake because I know that I'll be tempted to chat over breakfast and that will derail my creativity. But I'm wondering if next time I travel, I should also build in more time to work on my essays and work on my writing projects because I just feel so much better when I do. I'm so relieved to hear that you sat down to write and it was like relief mm. because my fear would be like, like, oh, my muscles are sore, you know? Mm. Oh no, I didn't write every day. So now I forget how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy that it was like, oh, okay, finally. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. And maybe there is a bit of fear of like, what if that does happen? There's a bit of guilt blocked up as well of like, um, this won't be the same. But the the relief that it it was what I needed. And in telling this story, I'm solidifying that uh, that learning as well of like, nope, this is this is what you do. Do you write your essays by hand first? Yes, I do. So when you're traveling, you know, if you make this adjustment, could you do it from bed? Like add an extra half hour? I guess I could. I think what I would be afraid of is like, I also need to sleep. <laughs> yes, so you do. I, I want to, I also want to like not do too much work from bed because then it becomes my desk. So I do need that spatial distance um where journaling is one thing it's stream of consciousness and i'm sort of waking up or falling asleep so 
that's okay. But I worry that if I if I started working on projects in bed, that might be too far. And then I would just like not sleep when it was time to use the bed as a bed. One of my favorite moments from my travels this time was when you and I got coffee or got lunch. And I was like, I didn't do my journaling yet. Do you mind if we just sit here and I write? And I'm wondering like, on your next trip, if you can carve out maybe that kind of time, even if you're with, if you're, if you're staying with a friend saying, hey, I write every day. Yeah. I mean, for me, I have to speak things out loud to, and have people hold me accountable mm. or, or just not, not make people hold me accountable, but I become accountable when I say it to someone. Or on a podcast. Or on a podcast. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, when your next travel comes up, if you if you start telling people, oh, I write every day, even yeah. if it's, you know, for 15 minutes of planning or something, I'm wondering if it'll just happen because you put it out into the world. Well, Grace, you know what's so funny is that this weekend we're going on a little road trip to the Peak District, and um, the last time... I was in the Peak District was when I wrote my first essay, Your Corner of the Sky, and I wrote it on a a rock on top of a a cliff where my friends were climbing. And I was just so full of ideas after our Granger Leadership Academy time together that I was like, I need this. I just need a few hours to just sit and write on this cliff overlooking the valley so um there is that there's that tradition that i've started and it's it's my cue to pick it up i love it so for today's episode we thought we would do a general introduction to the art of dress up because dressing up is something that we're both passionate about and we'll probably do several episodes about this topic over um, over the course of time. And so I'm curious to see where how we narrow this down within the episode today. We're going to have an exploration and bring everyone along on this journey. But we'll start with where we picked it up last week when we were recording in person. And during our art life check-in, Grace, you mentioned how Dressing up is part of your work, and therefore not dressing up is a signal that you're on vacation. So I'd love to go deeper into that topic and um, and what dressing up means for you today. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, there was this ball at this conference we were at. There was like a, a dress up event, and I had no desire to go. And I remember throughout my life, because I've been going to this conference for so many years, on and off. Like I remember when I was a, a teenager, I looked forward to it so much. Look forward to getting dolled up, and and this time around, I had no desire to do so. And our friend Lori pointed out to me that, well, yeah, because you have to be dressed up for work. Um, you know, whether it's going to film events or modeling, I have to be so glammed out for my business hours that pajamas and athleisure are my vacation now that those are those signify play and rest and pleasure and it was just a really interesting realization to come to because when i was younger i was of course such a girly girl and and such a 
a fan of long hours spent in the mirror in the dressing room and um and you know as as my creative life has become more fulfilling as i've as i've managed to you know make my my art my career it's like i am i am meeting that need already and there was a lot of experiences with this conference that we just went to where i was like i am meeting mm. the needs in my day-to-day life that this this used to fill um like like the talk we had about i didn't need to be in the spotlight i was happy to be in the audience because i have so many areas in my life where i'm in the spotlight or you know in in front of the camera i don't need to be that here and it's it's just been really fascinating to to discover this change in myself as my career has grown and and um evolved that i have to balance out the the fun pretty dresses and <laughs> the makeup and whatever i have to balance that out by by more time spent in athleisure <laughs> Like, who am I? Um, and one thing that I'm also thinking about as we as we start to dive into fashion and um, and dress up is it's all about for me, it's all about storytelling. Mm. I've you know, I've been lucky enough to have it instilled in me as an actor that the costume is telling the story. The costume is part of the story. Oh. and that's been true for for me for so long that I always see fashion and my choices in how I present myself as part of a story that I'm telling. And we all do wear costumes in our day-to-day life. Like, we are communicating stories about ourselves when we get dressed. And, you know, ironically, like I said at the beginning of this episode, like, I'm putting together my wardrobe for new headshots right now and my my roommate has been super helpful about like getting she's like no it's too general you need to be more specific more specific who are you you know what is what is your role in this headshot like like oh you're a leading lady but for what for film or tv or and what service are you a leading lady for a hulu tv show or for a network tv show and it was just like oh my god those are different things. Those are different outfits. Um, I love getting more specific as I get older with my clothing and sometimes, and being so aware of what story I am telling with the way that I dress. Because the reality is like, it does matter. I like to my, to think of myself as not a superficial person. Um, despite the line of work that I'm in, I am at heart, like, just, you know, such a, such a punk. And, um, I, you know, I, I try to sometimes pretend that, that those things, the way that we dress or look, like, they don't matter. Um, and then I watch something like Queer Eye, mm. and I'm reminded that, like, the way that we present ourselves does matter. And it does say something about how, how we feel about ourselves. And that doesn't, that's nothing to do with beauty standards or being a certain size or you know fitting some stereotype it's just about taking the time to take really good care of yourself and dress in a way that 
feels good. And so as we have started talking about this as a broad subject, the thing I focused on most has been what is a story I am telling in the way that I with the way that I dress myself. So I can't believe that I have never thought of it that way because it it just it makes so much sense and you've just connected a really uh really obvious dot for me where I write about storytelling and I write about storytelling as a as a part of personal development and in my everyday wonderland program once a month we have this uh we have a postcard which I call the witch and her wardrobe which is centered around something you can do in one minute to be more connected to the way that you dress and therefore more connected to who you are but dressing for storytelling is just such a more concise way of phrasing that goal and um so i i'm really i'm i'm still processing that perspective because it's just so perfect well one thing that i love about you is that a few episodes ago you brought up the fact that you hike or climb in skirts or dresses you you make choices when you're shopping to like buy things that you can also go for a long walk or a, a climb in um because in part you're a minimalist but also like why can't mm-hmm. you why sh- why can't you go hike in a skirt or flowy sleeves i just always bring up the flowy sleeves because i know you love them um <laughs> Uh, and and that inspired me so much that last weekend I was in Colorado and it was snowing and we went for like a long mountain hike and I wore like a pencil skirt, like a warm pencil skirt and sweater set and and riding boots and a like big fur jacket and everyone's like, oh, are you going to be okay in that? And I, I was great and I felt great because I I wanted to be feminine. And that's something I learned from you. Oh yay! Well, it's all it's all this um this cyclical reminding of like oh yeah I I did I did say that I do believe that, um, and I think what's what's really cool that I'm connecting in my head right now is I think probably um, I attribute a lot of the hiking in skirts to reading Jane Austen but also to reading fashion magazines. And there are these gorgeous photo shoots of like flowy dresses against a stark natural landscape of like woman in the middle of nowhere all dolled up. And I take that fantasy and ask myself, why can't I live that story too? And so I love how it's all connected in that like you're you're the girl in that landscape for your job that I'm taking inspiration from as well. Oh yay. <laughs> and I want to add that like this is not something I have mastered mm. by any means. And if anything, really def- really diving into this storytelling aspect of fashion and I feel like the word fashion, by the way, is super intimidating. Like mm. the way that you dress, you know, the the choices you make every day. Like it, it, I think the word fashion can feel really big and scary and has a lot of hangups. Like like mm-hmm. people have a lot of hangups with that word. But I want to, you know, I I want to add like this is this has been 
this is such a huge topic in my own self-development, in part because so much of my work is on camera, but I've really started looking at little details in how I dress and what that says about how I feel about myself. Even like, if something doesn't fit right, why wear it? Mm-hmm. Like, I deserve to wear something that fits me well. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And fit can mean physical comfort. It can also mean something that makes you feel like yourself because of the style. Absolutely. And it's funny that you bring up the word fashion because, as many people may know, before heroin training, I ran a website called Fashionably Light. And part of the reason that I changed the name was because people were so hung up on the fashion part. I would get asked, um, I would say my name, my blog name was Fashionably Light and people would say, oh, so you're a fashion blogger. And I was like, well, I, I live fashionably. Uh, mm. Fashion is and dress is one thing that I write about and that I share about. Um, but I, I like to explore fashion in all aspects of my life. And I think the word that we've we've um, landed on that that captures that even more fully is art. Mm. I think that the fashion industry has done a lot of damage. And so I think people probably shut down when they hear that word because they're not seeing personal style. They're not hearing personal style Mm. or dress up. They're hearing, you know, this, this industry that is only for people with money or people who look like X, Y, and Z. Um, it's just, oh, that's not, that word isn't for me. Mm. Or even if it wasn't like a turnoff, people would box me into it. Right, right. It's like, oh, so you write about clothes. And I'm more interested in the people that are wearing the clothes, which makes me wonder. you're a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes me wonder as you're talking about preparing for these headshots and the different specific characters that you're creating, Grace, where is there room for you in that space? How do you set boundaries between you and your characters and your potential characters? Well, it's definitely really helpful to have like the amount of training that I've had and the amount of um, time spent discussing my casting, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. because Like, that's, in my opinion, like, the most important thing, especially when you're starting out as an actor, is really understanding who you are and what you're going to be, what you're going to, what you're going to book, what you're going to, you know, what kind of work you're actually going to do. It's difficult. I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe that people should be typecast, but it is difficult when you see, you know, a, a, a classmate go after a kind of role over and over, even in scene study, that is just not them. It's not right for them. And Mm. you can feel in the room when all of a sudden, yeah, they have found their casting. Like, yes, that was right for you. And Mm. I've had that myself. I've had uh, a teacher push me and push me and push me into my casting, and despite my resistance, and um and then I and then I did that part. I did a scene that was that kind of role, and it was like it was like the you just felt the lock 
click or whatever it was. You know, you just felt like, yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. And um, even even talking commercially, like I was talking about commercial headshots with my roommate. Um, we were discussing like, I'm too edgy to to book most commercials. I'm not conservative and I don't have even even though I'm a like blonde white woman, I I don't have a conventional vibe. Hmm. And that translates on on camera. Um, you know, and I think that this kind of conversation can make people feel really trapped or it can be shame-based, but if you, you know, flip the script, it can be really empowering to really know who you are. So you know, for me, it's like getting really specific and going, okay, well, the kind of commercials I would be cast in are like, are like skincare beauty products or alcohol. <laughs> and like, that's kind of <laughs> it. Um, and so, you know, okay, I can dress, for, I can figure out what that outfit is. That's really specific. And like, and doing the research, looking at what kind of work I get auditions for and going okay you know here's my research here's what here's what's working and here's what's not and how can i lean more into what's working hilariously i have like two main castings that i that i've been that work for me and one is like um i uh, one is like the the vivacious bad girl with a heart of gold is what i say mm-hmm. the girl on the wrong side of the tracks Usually that can be like a like a southern character, um, you know, someone who is trapped in her life and uh, is a really good person, but maybe in unfair circumstances. And and the other one that is happening more and more lately, which I'm so excited about. Oh, I'm so excited because it's my dream. Yeah. Is I've been getting work and getting auditions for the problematic white girl in like activist films and that is exactly (laughs) what i want to work on those are the people i want to be working with and it's just so funny because it's like i mean this is like exactly what i want like i have no qualms with playing characters who make terrible choices or even are bullies because i'm like this is a thing that happens in the real world and I want to work with the people who are making the films about certain topics. I'm nearing the end of an audition process for a, a activist film about like a trans athlete of color and like the ramifications of her competing in a, in track meets because people don't don't want her competing because she was you know assigned male at birth, um, and they're like it's unfair, it's unfair. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge topic in in the U.S. at least. Mm. Like this is a huge, very politically charged, emotional topic. And I get to like work even in auditions, like work on this part of this girl who feels really threatened and who's kind of a, you know, preppy athlete mean person (laughs) and i get to explore like you know how someone becomes the way that she is and i i'm going off on a tangent here but the thing that i'm trying to say is like you know my look tells a story and and one of those angles is like really heartfelt and warm and and 
vulnerable. And another angle you can take it is like, I can be a cold-hearted bitch. <laughs> or, you know, that can be another direction that can go. And that those aren't like judgments. They're just stories. And people project things onto you from the way you look, un- you know, fortunately or unfortunately, from the way that you dress. Like, this is, this is life. And... And you can use that to your advantage if you recognize that it is the truth. Mm. Or you can have some agency when you recognize that that sometimes the world is superficial. And okay, well, people judge on what you wear. How, how can I let that empower me mm. instead of trap me in? Yeah, or instead of rebelling against it and doing the opposite, like just to prove a point. And there have been times in my life where I have rebelled against it. Like there were many, there were years of my life that you did not know me when I had a like hot pink faux hawk and wore dirty combat boots. And, you know, like I was, I was uh, really angry as a teenager at how superficial the world was. I was really angry about it. And I like chopped off all my hair and, um, you know, and wore clothing that was like a big middle finger to the establishment. Um, <laughs> and and that's also cool. That's fine, too. But I know that that was like, that was me fighting against something. And I think I've found, and this word comes up a lot in our show, I think I found over time a way to integrate mm-hmm. that fact, that hard truth. I found a way to integrate it into my art and my my style instead of just pushing against it because I think it's wrong. Something that I also really struggled with growing up was femininity, as um, as we've discussed a little bit on this show. But I felt like, as a kid, I had a choice between caring about how I looked and caring about how smart I was. Like You couldn't have both. And I felt like if I dressed like a girl, I wouldn't be taken seriously. And this was such an embedded belief in me that I hadn't even like articulated that decision. It was just what I felt like I needed to do. And so I, um, I like really repressed how much I cared about dressing up for many years. And it was only really as a teenager and discovering fashion blogs online, seeing pictures of women from different parts of the world who were dressing as themselves that gave me this other option of you don't have to wear the trendy clothes, which at the time was like unironic mean girls fashion. It was it was pretty much just limited to. <laughs> you don't have to wear a velour tracksuit. And I, I wrote about this in um in an essay called What My High School Never Taught Me About Dress Code. But also like that I went to private schools where what was in fashion was not allowed. You couldn't wear jeans, you couldn't wear a velour tracksuit, you couldn't wear um <laughs> you couldn't wear short skirts or shorts. Um and so I think that was also embedded in me was this like that is wrong because my school says it's wrong and I love school. So it was it was very confusing. I mean, I think it's important to note that like 
every woman mm-hmm. has to go through this to a degree. Like, every woman I know has had this challenge of, like, if I dress this way, will I be taken seriously? Yeah. And on the flip side, I mean, that's also true for men who are interested mm-hmm. in fashion. Fear fear of the judgment around that. So what I'm wondering is how we've talked about reclaiming dress as empowering. What What is that shift? Like what brought us there? And, um, and what can people maybe take away from that? I think for me, the shift can be this idea that you're telling a story and that you get to decide what it is. And I'm not encouraging people to like wear designer, you know, pieces as status symbols, um, unless that's really what you're drawn to do. That's not the story mm-hmm. I'm encouraging people to tell, you know, but it's, it's like, this can be part of your art. Um, and there's that, it's the George Bernard Shaw quote, I believe, that's like, life isn't about finding yourself. Life mm. is about creating yourself. I think of that quote a lot. And fashion is a huge part of that. The way that we dress can be a huge part of that creation. And I think we can encourage each other and ourselves too to like also take the pressure off and, and play. Yeah. Like it's Halloween. <laughs> When people listen to this, I think it'll be the day after, but maybe you're going to a Halloween party this weekend and like you're about to try on a costume and have fun with it. And, you know, what if I told you your everyday life could include some element of that? Oh, some of the best pieces in my daily life wardrobe have come from Halloween costumes. I was Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd for Halloween one year, and I got these Victorian high heels and then just, like, kept wearing them. But I never would have bought them for me. But I've collected a lot of little little, uh, accessories and pieces from... Uh, that started out as costume pieces. So have fun. I'm I'm certainly going to be thinking a lot about this over the next few weeks. And this is, of course, a topic that we have so much more to dive into. But I think the biggest takeaway of our conversation today is just that this is an opportunity for creativity and like getting some power back in your own life story. Do I even need to ask what is the art life? The art life is a story. I don't know if we can do much better than that. So I'll reiterate. It's your story. Art life is your story. The art life is storytelling. It's an ongoing storytelling. And something that something that I'm really enjoying about this conversation is hearing how your story has evolved and your your style of dress up has evolved with it. So it it checks out. It checks out. <laughs> and I I'm so curious as the years go by and our art moves forward and evolves how our style our personal senses of style will continue to change as well here's to what's to come and i'm also curious about um i'm glad we just dove in to this topic as you suggested grace let's just do a general one on dress up and then uh this our discussions around this topic will evolve over the episodes as well. So um, I'm curious to see where we take it next. And I'm curious what people want to hear about. Yes, definitely. On this topic. 
Like, I think that we could, we could potentially, hopefully, get some really great feedback about, like, specific parts of fashion, of dress up, of, of, you know, whatever it is, um, relating to this topic. I want to know what people want us to talk about because there's so many different things. Like, we can talk about the daily uniform. We can talk about dressing up for your creative practice. We can talk about more about, you know, even talk more about stereotypes uh, and how you can play with that. Um, there's so much to talk about fashion. And I, I, I want to know what our audience is actually interested in on this subject. You can find all the contact information for us in the show description and at the very end of this episode. Send us an email, um, tag us on Instagram. And send in your questions about art in general. We love hearing from you. And thank you for continuing to keep in touch with us. Zandra, Mm -hmm. as your audience so clearly desires to engage with your work, where can they find your current blog essays and thoughts on fashion? My current website is heroin training you can find it at herointraining.com and you can also subscribe there to receive my essays and writings in your inbox every week and i post them on instagram as well at heroin training and it's that time of the month when it's best to join everyday wonderland as we're starting a new theme soon So Everyday Wonderland is my membership program for finding wonder where you already are away from screens. I've talked a little bit about the wardrobe aspect of it during this episode, and there are so many other pieces to what we do there. For November, our theme is comfort, and we'll be exploring it through digital postcards like the witch in your wardrobe one each with one minute calls to adventure. So you can read more about that at everydaywonder.land and join through my Patreon, um, patreon.com slash heroinetraining. Grace, where can people find your art? My art is mostly on Patreon right now and Instagram as well. Uh, Those are both Grace Gordon official. Um, And I've also written about my daily uniform on uh, on Patreon. That was something I posted a couple months ago, um, especially in the times where I get really busy, like right now, where there's a lot of momentum and much to do. I have a couple of basic outfits that I wear uh, so that I don't have to think about what to get dressed up, up in. Um, and so I had a great time blogging about that a couple months ago. You can find that on patreon.com slash official, as well as tons of fashion-related content as modeling is how I pay the bills. I loved that post with your outfits and just the, I, I've said this before, but the variety that we get as patrons of Grace Gordon Official is, is always a delight. And with that, I am going to get into pajamas. And I'll wish you a good night. And I'll wish you a good morning. And everything in between, wherever you're listening. Bye. This is The Art Life.
a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at herointraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.